Hello, Skillets. Welcome back to Cast Iron, the podcast all about rock and metal. I am Lewis Clark from uh, Sega Driven and other things on the internet, and I'm joined as usual by Alan Williamson, my good friend. How are you doing, buddy? I'm Australian, though. You are indeed. Well, congratulations on your citizenship, mate. We have to... I know on the website we have uh, Lewis, the English one, and Alan, the Irish one, so we could technically write the Australian one now. Yeah, and you could. That's you could. not going to help anyone identify us, which is the main, <laughs> the main reason we've got the the nationalities in there. It's not it's not because you're a massive English patriot or anything. Um, <laughs> no. But um, yes, after five years of living in Australia, I got my citizenship certificate today. Fantastic stuff. Um, so what if people asked me, it'd be good to know, um, you do not pledge allegiance to the Queen. Okay. And um, in Australia, you um, can have dual nationality. So I'm now Brit- I'm not British, Australian. And um, there, was, there was controversy at the citizenship ceremony because they get the list of countries from Home Affairs. I'll, I'll, I'll text you the, the program. Okay. But they had flags of all the countries and they had uh, an England, is it England? Northern yep. Ireland and United Kingdom, and I was like, "Hold on, now this is oh, this is controversial." Because um, <laughs> I think because it's um, it's it's said that on the the ceremony sheet that that's where I was from, but I, you know, I, I just put UK. I think on the forums because that's technically what it, you know your political affiliations aside, right? That yeah, is yeah. technically the the right answer. So, um, but I, but I, I texted my friend. I was like, "Where?" Where would United Kingdom have been if not one of the constituent countries? Was there someone from Gibraltar? I don't know. <laughs> Jersey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. No, that totally. Um, so that's done. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm now, now officially an Australian citizen. And as I told you before the show started, I celebrated by stuffing my face with pies. <laughs> what? Well, that's, that's a celebration as far as I'm concerned. Excellent stuff. Oh, mate. Well, I'm really happy for you. I'm glad it's all settled and sorted now. And yeah, like, that's... It's pretty strange to think of you as an Australian, but like you have been for five years now. It will um, um, look. It will take a while for the accent to kick in, if ever. I don't yeah, think. That I mean, is going I know away. you throw the odd word here and there. Like uh, <laughs> we've definitely, you've definitely taught me some slang. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah fuck you nice. haven't gone full Aussie yet, unfortunately. <laughs> no, so. not not <laughs> yet. Um, so what have you been? What have you been listening to? And have you have you changed have nationalities? I should probably ask you up front. Are you are you still um, of the same nationality? I am indeed of the same nationality, and okay. all the stuff I've been listening to recently is heavily British. <laughs> um, not by choice; it was just the way things was. Um, so there's a sort of I don't know techie emo band I really like called Press to Miko. Uh, they released an album last year called Transmute, which has been on my um, um, you know to get for quite a while and they run a sale over the summer so i bought that and their last album which i also didn't have and they're still fantastic and i would highly recommend them um when i say emo it's very just sort of like sugary vocals i suppose is the thing with that the music itself is quite like catchy but abrasive and quite techy so i I would highly recommend that if that sounds interesting Uh, i would liken them probably the most to like ruben um if you've ever listened to ruben they probably sound the most like that um, and I've also listened to a load of Bowie because um, I found some in a charity shop that I didn't have. Slowly building the full Bowie collection because, yeah, I very much like what he does. Uh, I found Black Star, which was the last album. Oh, that's um, good. That's good. Black I Star. really enjoy, actually. It's yeah. nice and weird and out there and a bit spacey. And his it's vocal very, performance um, is still very good. It's very Scott Walkery. 
than if you ever mm, listen to Scott, Scott Walker. But um, mm, um, David Bowie certainly has because I watched a Scott Walker documentary once and there's one point where David Bowie just goes, Scott Walker, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bowie's Excellent. definitely a fan and it, there's definitely a bit of that weirdness going on in Blackstar. Mm, totally. How about you? Oh, what haven't I been listening to? So mm. um, my probably favorite album of the year is finally out, which is um, the Halo Effect album, Days of the Lost, which Excellent. is just straight out of Turn of the Millennium melodic death metal um, mm-hmm. and is awesome. Um, the new Soilwork album is out. I yep. don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but Overgiven Hitten was what it looks like. Yep. Um, and um, it's it's great. And it's... Um, mm-hmm. A, a different album from them. It's a little bit more poppy, and you can hear some of the the AOR Night Flight Orchestra stuff coming in, but it's still really okay. really good. New Machine Head album wasn't surprised was surprised that that was actually really good. Um, yep. I've the heard new good things. Megadeth album the best came out. The black in it. I would I would say ooh, New Machine Head. I don't know. It's very it's good. It's definitely up there with everything that's not Catharsis. Yeah. Um, the new Megadeth album came out yesterday, and it is really fun. Um, okay. Speaking of bands that have been up and down with their albums, yeah, yeah, somewhat um, tainted for me now, unfortunately, old Megadeth. But yeah, um, it's not like lyrically, it's not as cringe as Dystopia, and yeah. I, I just found Dystopia a bit, just a bit too alt righty. Um, yeah. But um, but the new one's pretty good, and um, if nothing else, the, the guitars are excellent. And Dave's not had stuff. Dave's not had an easy time. Uh, the one thing no, I haven't no, totally. listened to is a new Blind Guardian, which also came out yesterday. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, I didn't and even realize that happened. Yeah, um, it's yeah. I've been listening the, to the singles, but yeah, God, the I God didn't realize Machine. the album was out. And there's a new King's X album out. What I have not listened to yet. Um, the Disappointment of the Year also came out, which is the new Amon Amarth album, which sucks. Mm, yeah, I've heard. Um, it's got a good good song called Hedrun about a goat. That's about it. <laughs> we're not here. We're not here to talk about what's new. We're here to talk about what is very, very old and the oldest album that we have ever covered on the show. Oh my god, it is, isn't it? Wow, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize that. Actually, <laughs> that's it quite impressive. one year before Power Slave. There we go. There we go. Right. Well, here's my intro for this because I had a little thing I wanted to rehearse. So set your washing machine to high, and we got to get that tiger stripes clean. That's right. We're listening to Holy Diver by Dio. <laughs> launch a washing powder brand called midnight midnight c <laughs> that would be amazing um right then so dio um what's your familiarity with dio what, what sort of experience have you had with him in the past honestly not a huge amount um so i had listened to i off this album i had heard holy diver and i'd heard rainbow mm. in the dark and yeah. i had listened to heaven and hell the album, okay. not the band. Um, yeah, yeah. And 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 for other listeners who may be unfamiliar with him, uh, Ronnie James Dio, or as he was born, Ronald James Panavuna. Um, according to either Wikipedia or Genius, he was plucked from relative obscurity by Richie Blackmore, yep. who was in Deep Purple. They formed a band called Rainbow, 
Uh, he had about three albums with Rainbow. Then he moved on to become the front man of Black Sabbath, replacing Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, yep. And then um, they released an album called Heaven and Hell, which is pretty well regarded in the Sabbath canon. They had yep. another Sabbath album after that. I think it was Mob Rules. Then he left with the drummer Vinny Apici to form his eponymous band Dio. So the first album from Dio is... Holy Diver. That's what we're listening yep. to today. And, and as I said, this is 1983. This is the oldest album we featured in Cast Iron one year before Power Slave, which is the first album. And this is probably... I'd describe it as classic heavy metal in the vein of yeah. Black Sabbath. It's basically really heavy hard rock that owes a lot to bands like Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, yeah, I, I think as well... You mentioned as well, like, um, Heaven and Hell, the Black Sabbath album being quite, you know, well-regarded. I don't know whether that is a little bit of like retrospective kind of, you know, changing things in hindsight. Because for, for me, growing up, uh, Dio, I don't know if it was a case that he wasn't liked, but it was more a case of like the Dio canon of Black Sabbath stuff was very much looked down as, in, as inferior. You know, it was yeah. like, if it's not Aussie, it's not Black Sabbath for a lot of people. Um, and I feel like, since his passing, people have definitely looked back on Dio's contributions to Sabbath a lot more positively, and I think it's a little bit revisionist in in the way people kind of felt about it when he was alive. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, no offense to the man, like because he is an amazing performer, an incredible vocalist, and just an amazing songwriter. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like most Dio love nowadays has come you know post his death because i definitely feel like he was looked back upon as being a little bit more of the weaker link maybe not as weak as you know um the way people regard tony martin era like black sabbath and stuff like that but you know uh, and again no offense to tony martin i'm sure he's a great man but like um yeah it's just one of those things where i think a lot of people's love and affection for dio has come more since his passing unfortunately um because i i definitely you know remember thinking nobody really talks you know too fondly about anything that isn't aussie fronted black sabbath yeah, but when you listen <laughs> until I, I listen to the a lot of the aussie fronted stuff not all of it but quite a bit of it um yeah and and i'm a big fan of paranoid and in a way i'm like i can't believe we haven't covered paranoid yet because it it to me is the quintessential black sabbath album but mm. um for every really good album, like a Paranoid or a Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, there's some weird mm. shit on there. And they are yeah. quite an inconsistent band. And it's kind of amazing yeah. they didn't all die from a drug overdose. But <laughs> they, before Dio came along, they had a couple of weird albums like Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die that are not well regarded. Now, having yeah. said this... I don't. I don't know if you're right or not. If it's revisionist, this this was you know heaven and hell was six years before I was born, right? So yeah, I have yeah. I have no way of gauging that. Um, but you're probably right. I think the the other thing is that the the late Aussie albums were so bad that perhaps contemporaneously people did think it was good, but. Mm. Um, you know, in, in the grand, and but as you say, it could be, it could be, it could be posthumous. It could yeah, be. It, it could, it might just be. I wasn't, you know, as heavily tuned in with like metal communities and things like that at that point. But yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel like a lot, uh, you know, a lot more love for Dio's back catalogue has come through, you know, posthumous events essentially. Um, but yeah, so Holy Diver then, uh, like you say, uh, originally released May twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three. Dio's first 
solo, I guess, in inverted commas record. It, it uses his name, but it is a band, and it was formed as a band, and even though he is lead songwriter on a few tracks, mm-hmm. it is uh, quite a collaborative effort. Uh, Holy Diver, the title track itself, is kind of the one that Dio basically composed himself, and it was the, yes. the first song composed for the record. Um, uh, he also contributed basically solo songwriting duties to track five, Don't Talk to Strangers, as well. But we'll get to those in time. Um, yeah, uh, I actually only listened to this for the first time, uh, according to Last FM, in 2019. So I'm a fairly new, new fan of Dio uh, in his back, back catalogue. I have since got some other bits as well. I, I do have the follow-up album, Last in Line. And I recently got up Lock Up, Lock up the Walls, which I found in a record shop in Penge. Um, which is fine. <laughs> Nothing special about that one. Um, Dio has actually is very good. Dio has sn- snuck into the latest season of Stranger Things, and there is a bit of a oh really? There's a bit of a Metallica Renaissance going now, on now. Um, yeah, because, uh, I know that much because of the famous Master of Puppets scene, which comes later in the series, which is very good. Um, yeah. But what? But poor Dio has been hard done by. I don't know if there's any Dio tracks, but the the metalhead character in it has a massive last in line patch on his battle jacket. Oh really? Um, yeah. So. Um, Poor, poor Dio. Um, it was hard, hard done by. I think a bit of Holy Diver would have been fun in the yeah, um, in, the, in the middle of Stranger Things. Yeah, um, we're also getting a sort of retrospective documentary about Dio's life later this year as well. Uh, there are some trailers and, um, and bits up on YouTube already. Uh, it does look very good. Um, learned some bits from it already. The most interesting thing I, did, I learned about this record uh, off what uh, off those little uh, snips uh, that are available on YouTube is the cover uh, features a chained up uh, priest who is drowning in the water. Um, the uh, artist actually went and dressed up as a priest and took a photographer with him to the beach and started, you know, dunking himself in the water and asking him to take photos of him, which he used as reference for the original piece. So it's actually based on a photo and not just, you know, like a, it's not completely painted from like memory wow. of that's that so, is uh, that is a good that is a good fact um what i mm. the only fact i had about the cover is dio seemed to think it was uh ambiguous and perhaps it was the priest drowning and fighting a demon it's like come on man look at this thing <laughs> <laughs> the the demon himself features on a few um uh dio like album covers uh he's called murray <laughs> murray uh, which i recently <laughs> discovered as well um apparently nobody in dio knew that he was called murray until dio mentioned it randomly during an interview um <laughs> but yeah um let's do it then let's 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 dive into holy diver um track one is stand up and shout you Now, Alan, uh, so first impressions, obviously not the title track. Uh, how did you get on with Stand Up and Shout? So what really interests me about this album is that every song on it reminds me of another band. Oh, and really? I mean, okay. And I, don't, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think the versatility mm-hmm. is really interesting. Um, so this one to me sounds like a faster version of Two Minutes to Midnight. And it also reminds uh, me of early Judas Priest or something like Exciter. 
Um, mm. they, they, the Judas Priest original, not the weird Dead or Alive 2 theme tune version of Exciter. <laughs> um, so it has a kind of classic bluesy hard rock new wave of British heavy metal sound. Um, mm. Dio's vocals are immediately apparent, but I think all the instruments are great. I love the prominent bass. And, and so this album I've, features... I've noted the bass, um, yeah. It's got, this album features Vivian Campbell on guitars, who is from Northern Ireland. It's quite, mm-hmm. it's quite a lot of Northern Irish um, hard rock and blues guitarists. There's Vivian Campbell. Um, mm. uh, the rest of the band at this point is uh, Vinnie Apache on drums, uh, Jimmy Bain on bass, and obviously Vivian Campbell on guitar. So he's uh, Vivian Campbell is from Lisburn, so kind kind of kind of just up the road from from where I grew up. There you um, go. But he's he's still going. Um, I yeah, I'm totally having a memory block here. But honestly, there are other famous guitarists from Northern Ireland. I have just totally forgotten who they were, and <laughs> should have made notes. Um, <laughs> so I I really enjoyed this one. I was not expecting such a fiery solo. There's some serious mm. Van Halen levels of shredding. It oh, is a just... it's a it's a really great opener. Yeah yeah no no I I'm a big fan of stand up and shout. It's it's um, exactly what you need. From a tr- uh, from an opening track, it's just a flat out rocker, uh, grabs you by the balls and just yeah doesn't let you go. Um, really really good stuff. Like you said, I absolutely adore the sort of thundering bass line that like just like is bursting through this. It's so cool. Um, uh, big catchy chorus. Um, that is going to be a uh, a thing that you're going to experience quite a lot of across this record. Uh, Dio loves him a big old chorus, and uh, yeah, he's got the voice to to, to absolutely power through them. Um, yeah, really, really catchy stuff. And yeah, that guitar solo. Oh yeah, just it's it's all the component parts of like a great opener, as far as I'm concerned. Really, really good stuff. Um, and yeah, I. I I don't know what I was expecting from this record the first time I heard it, because I think, like yourself, all I'd heard from it was Rainbow in the Dark and Holy Diver, mm-hmm. which I suppose are more mid-paced. Um, yes. So something something this quick uh, instantly like wakes you up, and I was just like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to get some variety across this record then, that's cool. Um, so yeah, like uh, I think it's a really, really strong opener, and um, yeah, definitely not what i was expecting the first time i heard it but it has become a firm favorite as far as i'm concerned i've got um, some yeah. real-time follow-up i looked up uh guitarists from northern ireland so it embarrassed myself Here we the go. other two prominent ones are simon mcbride who's played with deep purple okay. and of course gary moore they yes they, the world course. famous uh blues hard rock heavy metal guitarist who famously could could play everything uh he was mm. in thin lizzie Yep. Um, so uh, he. Uh, so yes, there, there's actually quite a quite a good history of Northern Irish rock guitarists. I can't, can't think of what was happening in Northern Ireland in the mid '70s that made these people <laughs> want to leave, but uh, it got us some good guitarists. Absolutely, absolutely. Right then, um, it seems weird to be talking about probably one of the most iconic songs in heavy metal history this early, but it's the title track. It's Holy Diver. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard Holy Diver, and it has been yeah. a long time since I heard it, and I forgot that there's a weird superfluous introduction. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Um, how did you hear this for the first time? Because um, linking back to our Kill Switch episode, I heard this via their cover for the first time. <laughs> Look, maybe it might have been. It might have been the Kill Switch cover of Holy Diver. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, um, which I don't hate. Um, I think uh, Howard Jones has got a, a lovely voice, and he does a pretty good job of uh, adapting the lyrics and not just screaming everything, which is really nice. Um, so yeah. It's it's a fun little thing. It's not you know the best kill switch thing in their canon of <laughs> no. recordings, but yeah. Um, the actual original song though, yeah, like you say, superfluous intro, big sort of synthy sort of atmospheric thing going on, and then you get this sort of weird slide the and then we hit, get the uh, the drums kick in straight away sort of thing, and we get possibly one of the greatest riffs of all time. Um, I think everybody knows. So yeah, it's uh, it's mm, like it's going to be very difficult to talk about this song without going. Well, it's perfect. <laughs> it's. I was surprised. Um, <laughs> I was surprised because it's been so long since I've heard it. With how relatively simple it is, it's got a yeah, steady mid tempo riff. It's got that classic rock sound. And yep. now you have to you have to bear with me till I get to the end of this analogy. It's kind of like a nineteen eighties equivalent of Paramore, where you've got okay. a band in the background while somebody performs vocal acrobatics for five minutes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I um, can see it. And um, because I was trying to think of what what other contemporary singers are there who are like this, where it really is, it, it is a vocalist fronted band. There mm. aren't many other bands like that because there's definitely other bands like like Priest and Maiden that have those kind of versatile vocalists. But Dio's very much the front man in the yeah. band Dio, um, and and I like that that it's got that bluesy, it's almost like a jazzy feel to it. That he he starts off. Um, singing normally and then as the song yeah. goes on he kind of scats and interpolates and it get, gradually gets more complicated it's just it's a really really phenomenal vocal performance oh isn't it just and also some of the most wonderful nonsense lyrics i think i've heard in anything in my life <laughs> uh Holy Diver, you've been down too long in the Midnight Sea. Oh, what's becoming of me? Ride the tiger. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Oh, don't you see what I mean? Um, shiny diamonds, like the eyes of the cat in the black and blue. Something is coming for you. Race for the morning. You can hide till in the sun till you see the light. Uh, yeah, there's obviously some religious imagery kicking across this, but uh, it is... Um, just bizarre. I think that's the thing I love about the lyrics. They're really memorable because they're so weird. Um, yeah, it's it, it's so good. It's I love the eerie intro. I think it adds to the drama when the hit riff hits. It's just like it just really adds like like amazing punctuation to the song. Just kicks it off in such a great way. Um, I, yeah, it's it's so good, Alan. I don't know what else to say about it. It's like <laughs> okay, one of my so, favorite um, songs of all time. Well, let, well, let's talk about what the what the lyrics are about. So. Um, mm. Some 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 poor bastard has tried to explain this on Genius. What is the holy diver? He's a diver, one who is likely not what he seems based on the theme of the song. He sees a tiger, someone who looks evil, but he knows is good. But then another tiger, you can feel his heart, and he seems good, but he is evil. So, <laughs> so apparently, the holy diver is a judge of humanity, someone who examines people for what they're truly worth. He's chased, likely by people he angers by calling them evil, thus revealing their true nature. He is hidden in the midnight sea for so long, he's losing track of himself. 
what is he becoming? Um, Theo <laughs> says that the tiger symbolizes strength, while its okay. stripes suggest impurity. The lines mean you must take advantage of the strength you have and not judge the heart of others by what seem to be impurities, these stripes in the package it comes in. Uh, and um, Theo is saying mankind is often corrupted, while the tiger is simply an animal. The tiger doesn't want or lust or hate, it just is, and that makes it clean. <laughs> Holy diver, flee from those yeah. who oppose you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dio, Dio does a lot of eye references. Right, Apparently this does reference um, William Blake, the Blakey okay. and Tiger, the Holy Diver Must Ride, and uh, according to inter- interpretations of this song, they're based around the biblical book of Revelations, and the cat is the, evokes the beast from the sea. Um, so Dio's actually quite well read um, yeah, and he, he's good, read quite yeah. a lot and he's read quite a lot of classic fantasy and stuff and that's actually this is why people often say Dio is like the progenitor of power metal yeah, because yeah, he was one I of the first that, people totally. to bring this kind of fantasy stuff like 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 the the Dungeons and Dragons shit into heavy metal not the not the not the fairies and imps yeah yeah um, so he was he he brought the yeah, he brought the Dungeons and Dragons in rather than the Tolkien in mm. If that make if that make look look it's still still fucking nonsense. But oh um, yeah, absolutely. That is, yeah, <laughs> but it's catchy nonsense. So you know, I, I it's it's one of those things sometimes where it's just like, sure, I would like an artist to to write something with depth and and layers and meaning and stuff. But at the same time, I'm also all down for something being silly and fun. And Holy Diver is very silly, but also it's incredibly fun and catchy and features one of the greatest riffs of all time. Um, and yeah, I just. It's it's so difficult to find anything bad to say about Holy Diver. Um, I I I mean maybe the intro, like, but I kind of like I, the dra- drama it adds I to could, the song. I could leave the intro because I feel like it's just fifty seconds of swirling fog noises, and it doesn't really <laughs> musically connect to the rest of the song. Um, mm. I I could drop that, but the rest of it's great. Another great solo, and and yeah, like all yeah. eighty songs, it fades out. Because mm. eighty songs never end. The, the band, just, the band <laughs> yeah. just kept playing that riff for two hours in in real life. Yeah, um, we were recently playing Guitar Hero Rocks the Eighties, and it also features a version of Holy Diver where oh they have to God. invent a like ending because obviously the songs can't fade because it is <laughs> a rhythm game. It needs to have a definitive ending. So yeah, that's kind of an interesting interpretation of it. Not uh, the master recording by any means. It's a cover, but yeah, interesting version. Right then, uh, track three, which unfortunately has to follow up one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> I don't think it was ever going to be in a position where it could match it or even, uh, you know, feel like a worthy successor. It just has to unfortunately be a mediocre follow up to one of the greatest songs of all time. It is Gypsy. And yeah, I feel very sorry for it. Unfortunately, <laughs> like <laughs> perfectly serviceable song, but like yeah, it, it has to follow Holy, Holy Diver, which is a bit of a an unfortunate position to be in. Um, but yeah, I I think it's fine. Uh, it's a nice bit of silly heavy metal fun. Uh, lacks the truly brilliant choruses that a lot of the songs on this record really have. Uh, 
Very much the sort of thing you come to Dio for, though. It's lyrics about dangerous women that become more attractive because they feel so otherworldly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's Gypsy for you. But, yeah, how did you get on with this one? So I, I should have mentioned that in my pin the pin the band on the track, uh, Holy Diver sounds like a Black Sabbath track. From uh, It sounds like a, of course. Sounds like a track off Heaven and Hell. This one yep. sounds to me, um, as I'm now an Aussie, it sounds like Akadaka. It's got a yeah, real ACDC feel to it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I really like that this album has a lot of song variation, but there's still a lot of coherence to it. Now, this is probably not the best track in the album, and mm. I don't think it's aged particularly well. Um, yeah. This is representative of, of the kind of negative portrayals of Roma people, not only at the yeah. time, but also to today. And people you know they even the word gypsy is a bit of a slur these days mm-hmm. um look i'm i'm not you know i'm not that familiar with that community um yep. just that you know people used it in a derogatory way when i grew up that's as far as i knew it but you know fleetwood yep. mac have a song called gypsy and and it comes into that kind of weird mysticism that people have portrayed yeah, people yeah. with so that that i feel like is unfortunate and the fact that the song itself is merely fine um yeah and yeah. i should say comes after holy diver which is a bit like um being a local band following up dio live on stage isn't it <laughs> well yeah yeah I, I mean the thing i was going to um compare it to was uh on rain in blood you know the album opens with angel of death and then every other song com- uh, that comes after it has to now follow up angel of death <laughs> which is you know a, a difficult thing to to have to to deal with uh luckily that album does close with raining blood so you know it, it does come back round eventually but yeah um yeah it's it's absolutely fine but like you say maybe the negative connotations around the word gypsy uh unfortunately drag this one down a little bit as well um certainly not a terrible song but nothing you're going to write home about i would probably skip this in you know repeat listens um which is a shame um but you know it's there there is a lot of good on this record that I can come back to over this. It's, this is not a, a sign of things to come. It's just a little bit of a blip early on in the record. Um, should we move on to track four, I guess? Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Caught in the Middle. You feel it! You see it! You feel the rush of the city lights! I feel it! I see it in your What band do you think I think this sounds like? Oh. <laughs> um, I'm not too sure, actually. Um, maybe Thin Lizzy? <laughs> uh, that, that, that's not a bad guess. I think it sounds like Journey. And, yeah, actually, and, that's a good shout. Yeah, and yeah. Journey were actually a contemporary band at the time. Um, Don't Stop Believing came out two years before Holy Diver ah, for context. So mm. it is it is contemporaneous. Um, I, I really like this one. I think it's got great vocal harmonies, which definitely reminds me of Journey. It's very catchy. It's cheesy. Yeah. I, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's really fun. I think the chorus elevates this one personally. Um, I think it's a really, really catchy chorus. Uh, definitely better than Gypsy. Um, but I think for me personally, the riff doesn't exactly hit. Um, it's yep. more of a hard rock song than heavy metal. Um, but yeah, it's perfectly decent song like I, I had a good time with the chorus in particular 
but I just don't feel like it's hitting the highs with the riff, unfortunately. Um, there are some great riffs across this record. This isn't one of the best, um, but it's fine. It does the job, does exactly what it's going for. Again, a little bit more like song variety, which is kind of cool. Like, we, like you say, you're comparing each of these to different bands, and it just goes to show you like the breadth of influences that, are, that Dio is bringing across this record is really is, is quite wide, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice to experience this record in its entirety because it's just so varied and interesting to listen to. Um, and this is another one that doesn't really sound like anything that's come prior to it, you know? It's, it's kind of cool yeah. in that regard. But yeah, very fun, very catchy, but ultimately doesn't compare to this album's high points for me, I think. Fair? Very fair. Anything you want to add before we talk about Don't Talk to Strangers? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> don't dream of women Cause they'll only bring you down Hey you You know me You touch me well, let's do it. I think this is a bit of a sleeper hit, to be honest with you. Um, Dio's voice is actually amazing at the start of this song. Like, he shows some real depth of, like, melody. Like, he's not, he, he sings quite, like, aggressively, quite loud and, and, uh, and abrasive in places. But, you know, he's got a lot of melody to his voice. Whereas at the start here, it's, it's a lot more subdued. You can actually, like, hear how talented he is as a vocalist. Uh, lovely sort of folky acoustic intro. But then when that drop hits, hoo, 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 what a fucking elevation. Um, I love it when all the instrumentation comes in. I think it becomes this really fun sort of gallopy heavy metal track. Another outstanding solo on this one too uh, has to be mentioned. And yeah, I just I, I love the way it comes back around to the original melody from the intro during the sort of outro section of the song. Um, it's just a wonderfully composed piece of music it feels like a real like uh highlight it's not one you often see people talk about um and i think like i said i think it's a bit of the uh, a sleeper to be honest with you i think um it, it, it has really grown on me the more i've listened to this record so this one um the band i would describe as um iron ironwood mac maiden it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and it uh, although i think i think the the latter is mainly that you describe as that chugging riff um, yeah, I, I'd album. probably describe it as a riding a horse across a desert, Iron Maiden yeah. style. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, I can hear that a lot. And um, yeah, it's really interesting in the beginning. I don't know what's going on. There's like a strange vocal effect where he says, Hell! It's, it's yeah, weird. I'm wondering if he's double-tracked something. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's it's very interesting. Like, oh, I mean, he, he loves his weird sound and synth. There, and yeah, there are, there are weird it. bits in it. Um, but yeah. yeah, you've got this Fleetwood Mac intro. And then it settles mm. into an Iron Maiden vibe. It's an amazing vocal showcase for Dio because he sort of starts off in falsetto. Then he goes yeah. into a more, he brings a bit more heat with the bring yep. you down. Where he gets yep, that really yep, heated totally. delivery. And then yep. he, he brings in more operatic cleans in the end. He's got an amazing vocal range and he can pull off everything very comfortably. Um, mm. Another Nidalee Soto is very enjoyable. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just something about a, a tapped metal solo, that, that Van oh. Halen style solo is really hard to beat. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Like, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you hear it and it's just like, oh yeah, absolutely, perfect positioning, just you know, really effective. Like, just heightens the song, just elevates the drama of the whole thing. 
yeah, I think Don't Talk to Strangers is a is a fantastic song, another another really good song on this record. That just doesn't really get discussed, you know, in the same sort of breadth as as like Holy Diver or or Rainbow in the Dark, you know. Um yeah, it, uh, I would highly recommend giving this a listen if you've if you've never listened to the album in full. I think this is another track that deserves to be spoken about in the same breath as those other two, so yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, track six, uh, Straight Through the Heart. But wearing your emotions on your sleeve There's a bit of hard rock swagger in this one. This one reminds mm. me of like Motley Crue or something like that. Obviously yeah. better than Motley Crue, but the instruments <laughs> all have a real strut to them. There's like a really good sense yeah. of attitude. And what I like about this is it's quite a lot of space for the drum fills. You get that yes. you get that, that call and response almost where Dio's doing his thing and then he gets the little drum fills in between the bits. I love I love that. Um Dio uses the words eyes and lies a lot. A lot. He really likes to talk about the eyes, the shiny, shiny diamond eyes, but he also uses the word lies a lot. Um, and apparently this song is about the band's sound engineer, and he was always in okay. romantic turmoil, according to Dio. And the song originally could have been called Right Up Your Ass. Now, personally, <laughs> I, <laughs> personally, I prefer Straight Through the Heart. I think that's a better name yeah, this song. I think so, too. But th- yeah. this one, this one's really, it's really good. It's like mm. both both vulgar and respectable at the same time. It's quite a good balancing <laughs> act. Yeah, I think it's it's a nice return of the sort of mid-paced, stompy track. It, it's it's similar to Holy Diver in that respect. Um, and yeah, it's not as good as Holy Diver, but I still think it's a good song in its own right. I love the main riff. I think the mm-hmm. chorus is super catchy as well. Another really good solo on this as well. Um, yeah, it's it's another great track. Like it's, it, I honestly, it's one of those things with this record. I think because the singles are so well known and so memorable that when you actually ex- like explore the album a little bit more, like you realise that on they were just firing on all cylinders while they were writing this record. There's some outstanding tracks across this, like real, real deep cuts that nobody really talks about. And again, like straight through the heart, I feel is another one of those. I just, I, it's it's very much. You know, a, akin to Holy Diver, it's the, probably the most signature sound on this record. That sort of mid-paced, stompy track. Um, but like, it, it's still offering something different, um, but very much, you know, offering the thing that Dio does well: great melodies, uh, amazing vocal performance, really like nice stompy riffs, um, just a lot of fun. And it's all punctuated by another great solo. It's just, yeah, it's difficult to complain about. I'm uh, a big we, fan um, of Straight Through the Heart as well. One thing I didn't mention in the intro is that um, a couple of weeks ago we finally got to see um, Bellacor live in, in you Sydney. You did, you did. Um, after after I moved here in 2017, went onto the Bellacor Facebook page and said, hey, when are you guys playing Sydney? And they were like, we literally just heard. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then, and then, it was this, um, then it was this little um, little pandemic that happened. So yeah, they were sold out on. In, the, in the crew bar in Sydney and um, we got to see them. Excellent gig. Uh, but, but I've now found my new favorite rock bar in Sydney. Oh, yeah. And there you go. This is the kind of stuff that they play in rock bars. Yep. Straight through the heart by Dio. That, there you I, go. I, I don't know if they actually played it, but that is the kind of thing you want to hear in a metal bar. 
Oh, there you go, there you go. I think it's perfect, perfect soundtrack to playing Adam's Family Pinball and uh, while the smell of steel (laughs) beer overwhelms you. (laughs) Interestingly, when I was, you know, when I used to drink, uh, my favourite bar in London was the Crowbar as well. (laughs) And they had a big jukebox full of metal and stuff as well. And yeah, that was basically what attracted me to it. Always to have Adam's Family Pinball. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't have any pinball. It was a pokey little place, to be honest with you, fella. Like there was no room for a bloody pinball table. <laughs> I tell you that much. Um, but yeah, unfortunately gone now because uh, yeah, the pandemic hit that one a bit too hard. But uh, yeah, halcyon days of the times, oh, <laughs> the before bars. times, before I, I <laughs> gave up the drink. But yeah, right. Track seven is invisible. weird at the start yeah it's yeah uh, i feel like this is a bit aptly titled because uh i always kind of forget <laughs> about this song <laughs> it's it's got um, the so this one was a hard one to to pin the band on it's got proggy space rocky vibes at the beginning mm. of it which almost reminds me a little bit of like pink floyd or something like that and yeah they, at this point in the album i thought isn't the song mix just terrific mm. i i love the sound of that sound of drums being played in an aircraft hangar yeah, the, the, that echoey reverb sound. It's it's yeah, yeah. If you if you want to know what I'm talking about, very precisely, is the the police have yeah. the ultimate drums in the aircraft hangar sound, especially like <laughs> Regatta de Blanc. Um, oh yeah. They, I really like when this is the early eighties. Bands are just discovering stereo or something, so um, <laughs> the, the drums have to loop around your head. There has to be some kind <laughs> yeah, of stereo yeah, yeah. panning going on. It's kind of funny. Um, and then, and then it just quickly settles into a very similar groove to Straight to the Heart, but not quite as good. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange it's one. Like, returns. Yeah, I feel like it tries to pull the same thing as Don't Talk to Strangers with its sort of mm-hmm. delicate ballady intro. But when the full instrumentation hits, it just falls a little flat because the chorus is just so forgettable on this one. It's beep, like beep, there's beep, no real beep, like... Beep, beep. Beep, 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 invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's there's weird, nothing it? to it, is there? It's, mm. uh, yeah, not great. Like, considering, like, how great some of the choruses across this record, just amazing vocal performances from Dio, like, what is going on here? It's just like, oh, you know, I've got a word, better say it. <laughs> and it's, look, I think, uh, I do think um, it's got another, it's got another mega solo and Dio's lyrics are quite mm, good. They're not yeah. too cheesy. They're a good mix of like sing along and sincerity. And it was interesting that, okay, it's not the, not the best description of a, of a gay person ever, but it's pretty sympathetic for the 80s. Yeah. You know, considering this is pretty, pretty AIDS crisis. So fair play to Dio. That's, he does, Dio has a reputation for really wanting to bring in all the lost children into the world of heavy metal. Mm, and totally, and he, totally. I think, he has that, you know, be excellent to each other metal vibe. Yeah, yeah, not um, totally. I think so that's... he really he really personifies that you know, like when you go to a metal gig and you're in the mosh pit, people help you back up and they're all we're all here to have a good time, take care of yeah, each other. Yeah, he no, totally, he kind totally. of personifies that. Mm-hmm. No, no, definitely. He's super loved as a as a figure in metal, absolutely. And you can tell it's because he's just so approachable. I remember reading one of the things like um, you know, the 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 year he died, um, 
one of the, I used to read Metal Sucks quite a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the writers on there said like they saw him um, uh, after he his um, cancer cancer diagnosis, and sort of shouted at him like get well soon and stuff, and he proper did turn around, uh, acknowledge that like someone had said you know something some nice words to him and and threw him the horns and stuff which was really lovely like it's just just nice nice little messages about that we, we haven't even spoken about the horns actually like uh dio is yeah, kind of invented the, the horns the yeah, yeah yeah, he's, yeah. He's the boy that used you know the um, original the, the, the metal salute essentially so yeah and the, no, um, and the whole story of the horns is that he uh like all good italian boys learned it from his nana there we go. There we to, go. Oh she used God. to do it to like like ward off the devil kind of sign. So he <laughs> he, say, he says that he's appropriated a traditional Italian uh, matriarch <laughs> signal and, and turned it into the the uh, the, the metal sign. Um, so I thought I thought as um, someone who who has a nonna, you would appreciate that. Absolutely, I would indeed. I do indeed. Absolutely. Oh uh, no, that's that's fantastic. I didn't realize that was where it stemmed from. That's really cool. I'm pretty sure oh. Jess's nonna would would throw the horns up quite happily. <laughs> she's, she's pretty she's pretty metal for a for a 98 year old. Oh mate, like I yeah, both are nonnas. Goddamn, like yeah, it's still going strong. <laughs> oh, good stuff. That's really lovely to hear. Right then, ring the bell. It's the back off banger. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, okay. Ding ding ding. Half banger. <laughs> it's rainbow in the dark. So this is the only one that I had heard before, apart from Holy Diver. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah iconic as Dio songs go, isn't it? Like I think it's kind of hard to not have been exposed to this if you're into metal. Uh, so interesting story about this one: Dio nearly completely scrapped it. Yes, um, I watched the interview earlier today. Everybody said he yeah. absolutely hated it, and the band begged him not to destroy the masters. Yeah, he was apparently about to take a knife to the tapes, um, and yeah, they begged him to not and. Felt it was too poppy, not metal enough. Uh, he didn't want to, you know, have his debut solo record have a pop song on it, essentially, and and basically lose his following. You know, he didn't really want to lose the the core audience that have really like stuck with him, his, his metal fans and that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he didn't because, regardless of whether or not it's catchy and it's got that synth riff that really, you know, like is quite the iconic melody on this. I think there is some really metal stuff going on. The actual riff going on underneath the synth is super like growly and like like. like I love that noise. So this to me, yeah, yeah. Um, this reminds me of Ozzy Osbourne's solo stuff. It's got a very Randy mm. Rhodes vibe that guitar. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good shout. Um, yeah, no, I, I can hear that completely now that you said it. Like that definitely definitely matches up with the. It, timeline, it's definitely you know? got a crazy train kind of like growliness mm. to it, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I really like the guitar work underneath the synth. I think it's like, it's almost like, like polar opposites to the lovely, you know, like melody that's really high up in the mix. But then you've got this really growly sort of grungy sound underneath, which is really fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's great juxtaposition. I think it works really well together. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 the song though, right? It's like it's a seminal piece of hard rock royalty, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like really good stuff. Work the Dio works his magic on the vocals, giving it absolutely everything. Singing about rainbows, which is a big like thing for for, for Dio. Well, this is meant to be stem back to the his rainbow. rainbow things, the right? rainbow in the dark. That is meant to be mm. the thing that keeps you going when you're at your lowest. Yeah. That's what's, what's what's your rainbow in the dark? That's what it's meant to be about. I know it sounds mm. a bit like random, but uh, that that that's apparently what it's about. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, like it, it's it's a it's a much more easy to understand metaphor than some of the stuff that's going on in Holy Diver. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, like um, it's it's just great fun. Uh, Dio does talk about rainbows quite a lot across his discography, <laughs> and I would. I would hazard a guess. It's it's you know a little bit of a throwback to yeah him being in Rainbow. It's it's the thing that kind of broke him in in his music career and brought him you know the most of his fans. I think um, next to obviously Black Sabbath as well. Um, but yeah, um, just yeah, great stuff. I just I think I, I I love that he sings about rainbows as well because it's just very again it's one of those things where it's like I I know he doesn't he probably didn't mean to be like super inclusive of people from lgbtq communities or anything like that but it definitely comes across that way with a bit of hindsight you know it's very much like i'm using that imagery and it feels like it makes him more approachable as an artist Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a metal artist that you 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 get like any sort of resistance from it's like no dio kind of wants to welcome you into the fold if you're if you're a you know a bit of a weirdo or off the beaten path or you know follow a lifestyle that isn't traditional you're welcome as long as you enjoy the music, you know, like that's 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 pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm a big fan of the sort of stompy bit before and after the solo as well. It sort of punctuates like the yeah, right the solos come in and then it's sort rock of like, section. Yeah, yeah, yes. ends it as well as well. I think yes. that's a right, nice bit of drama. Um, yeah, seminal as far as I'm concerned. It's uh, another absolute highlight across this record. Do you, do you mean seminal uh, as in you come in your pants when you hear it? Or just that it is a particularly <laughs> good, good song? Milestone, good song. Milestone. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, I, there's nothing more I can add to it. It's, it's another one of those perfect tracks. And to have two on an album, like, you know, it's just man was absolutely firing on all cylinders it's it's brilliant stuff right then it's a bit of a short one isn't it album closer already at track nine well like this is this is how they used to make them you know it used to yeah, be in the, yeah. the vinyl days only had about 35 40 minutes so it's all as far as i'm aware i think a 33 rpm 12 inch you got about 45 minute max basically so yeah, yeah. um so it's in so, and yeah. sight and we're not going oh, i could have dropped this could have dropped that it's mm. like are you really going to skip are you going to get up to your record player and, and bump past Gypsy no you're not going to bother because it's three yeah. minutes out of exactly. a 40 once yeah, that's over not... you get a good song so yeah, yeah. it's just one yeah. of those things isn't it right then so album closer Shame on the Night for places I've been and what I've seen for giving me the strangest dreams but you never This one's got quite a. I haven't pinned. This is the only one I haven't pinned a band on. Okay. It's got and 
Probably because I think it's a little bit forgettable, honestly. Now, it's got a bit of a yeah. bluesy feel to the intro. It's not a bad yeah. song. It just doesn't really stand out among the pack. And and, yeah. and as you say, Rainbow in the Dark is such a, such a rainbow in the dark that mm. it, it, it's like he's dropped an atomic bomb on the album yeah. and nothing's going to be able to follow that. And, and so yeah. maybe if I had heard that before, Rainbow in yeah. the Dark in the track listing, that yeah, that then that wouldn't be a back half banger. That'd be a, I don't know, back half clincher. I don't know what that yeah, is. yeah, absolutely. Um, so that that's kind of how I feel about it. I think the heavy intro is quite fun. There's a bit of backmasking mm. at the end, just in case you were confused about whether this was indeed an '80s metal album. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Crucify the diver, backmasked. Um, but, but I haven't really got a lot to say about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I my my first comment is, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's another slower, stompier track. Um, I don't hate it, but it just doesn't have the riffs or the vocal melodies to make it a real classic, you know? It mm-hmm. just sort of trudges along and brings the album to sort of a lurching close. I do quite like that last riff, and I do like the R's, you know, like it gives it a bit of like drama and a bit of gravitas during that last moment. Um, but that's the only thing I'd really say that really sort of helps save it in a weird way. Like, the rest of the song just sort of comes and goes and yeah it doesn't really leave much of an impact unfortunately which is a shame when you know the album has been pretty solid up until this point you know uh, and again like it's not bad it's not a bad song it's nothing ag- ag- egregiously offensive about it um it's just like eh i can do without this you know like <laughs> um so yeah it's another one of those things where like you probably wouldn't get up to skip it but you would just be like meh it's no Rainbow in the Dark, is it? But then it had to follow Rainbow in the Dark, so <laughs> <laughs> it was never going to be. Um, so yeah, another one of those things where it's diminishing returns. Unfortunately, if you if you come out with a banger, then unfortunately the song that has to follow it does kind of have to suffer a little bit. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, that is Dio's Holy Diver. How did you feel on the whole? When we listened to this for the first time, oh, I felt invigorated. Like they really mm. don't, they really don't make them like this anymore. I think it's yeah, it's short, it's punchy, it's varied, and what's really interesting is it just relies on confident songwriting and really good tunes yeah, rather yeah, than totally. virtuoso playing. Mm. It's not most of the apart from the apart from the guitar solos. There's nothing particularly technically outstanding going on here. It's just yeah. simply really, really good songwriting with the band gels they're they're working as a unit and yep. I, I really enjoyed my time with it and it led me onto a massive uh, rainbow and black sabbath binge checked yep. out a bit of ozzy osbourne solo stuff and it's actually the, the newest album's not that bad for a guy who's you know 50 percent drugs in his <laughs> um and, i know uh, he's been and, using yeah. you know like co-collaborators for a lot of his writing for the last few records now which is understandable considering the you know, you know he's also <laughs> he's also he's got i mean ozzy's got parkinson's and he's auto-tuned yeah. to fuck in some of those albums yeah but, yeah you, know, you gotta you gotta take what you can get, but I, I've never been a massive Aussie solo fan. Mm. Um, you know, apart from all, it's kind of like Dio. It's all the ones you've heard, like yeah, Crazy yeah. Train, Mister Crowley, and Bark at the Moon. It's just probably Bark yeah. at the Moon's probably his Rainbow in the Dark. They pretty much came yeah, out the same I year, so. I think. So it's mm. um, it's a similar kind of thing, and that's what was really nice to go in and listen to a whole Dio album, and even like. Jess and I were listening to it in the car this morning. She's like, I don't think I've ever listened to all of this album. And I'm sure a lot yeah, of people yeah. have not. So yeah, my, no, definitely, my definitely. final thoughts are, you know, if if you have not listened to this album in its entirety, don't be that person. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and also give uh, give Last in Line a spin because it's, it's really good too. And um, yes, has an even is. more high octane opening track. Oh, God. And it just, we, yeah, we yeah. rock. 
Oh, that's an amazing song. And again, like it almost follows the same sort of pattern as the way uh, Holy Diver presents its first two songs. In that, like We Rock is a big, like balls to the wall, like doesn't like Speed muck about, gets all its ideas yeah. on the paper really quickly, and then it has a more like epic, big mid-paced, stompy track to follow it with, which is the title track of the album. Like um, very similar in their structure. And I, it's such an effective one-two on both records, you know. Like, um, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend you go and listen to the last in line as well. I was gonna suggest it as further listening, but <laughs> um, I picked something that Alan also picked as well. <laughs> oh, how did we know? How did we know, dear <laughs> listeners? It's, it's, it's like we confer before the show. So we have both picked um, "Rainbows Rising." It's got yes, six songs. It is thirty-three minutes. It's an absolute classic, and it's got an outstanding performance by Dio. And it also has yep. like it, it has a track that I had not heard until I started listening for this, but I had heard the Dream Theater cover of, which is Stargazer, oh, okay. um, ah. which is on. It, it makes sense now, having said that, doesn't it? The Dream Theater would cover that. Yep, yep. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Metallica have also covered Stargazer. Um, so uh, the most recent record, uh, Hardwired Self Destruct, has like a bonus track on it called Ronnie Rising Medley which uh, features an awful lot of just Dio stuff uh, mashed into one big song and uh, I think Stargazer is part part of it uh, but there is a fair, fair few tracks that are covered in that one uh, medley. Uh, really good stuff actually. In fact I, th- I would say that is probably the best production on a Metallica song I've ever heard because you can really hear the bass <laughs> and Lars Ulrich isn't front of the bloody mix like he is in yeah. everything <laughs> it's a really good little track but um, if, but if yeah. only if only for Stargazer, that is um, like a lot of these bands are, you know, that Rainbow album is essentially a prototypical prog metal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, before we go on to our second recommendations, we didn't even do our favorite track on the album. Oh, okay. Because well, we know we know what what it is. What was your second favorite? Okay, right. Okay, okay. Now let me think about this. Let me think. What was your favorite track on the album that was not Holy Diver or Rainbow <laughs> in the Dark? Because because those are clearly the top two. I think your third favorite ooh might be. Is it Don't Talk to Strangers? Yeah, it's it's oh, talking to strangers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I think yours. Ooh, straight through the heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's, it's, again, it's the correct choices, right? And then obviously, yeah, those, are, those are the correct answers. I really, yeah. I really enjoy uh, "Caught in the Middle" as well. I think that's oh, the, yeah, yeah. that's the top tier, and mm. um, and you know, we almost forgot about "Stand Up and Shout," but it's also top tier. And then you've got absolutely, the others. absolutely. No, no, agree completely. Like again, that's just so many good songs on this record. Like there's probably two duds <laughs> across yeah. the entire thing. You know, like that's pretty heavy going. You know. And to say either Holy Diver or Rainbow in the Dark isn't the best song in the album is wrong. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you can chop and change between the two as far as I'm concerned. But like, if you want metal, you go for Holy Diver. If you want seriously memorable, catchy songs, then you go to Rainbow in the Dark. So yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Holy Diver is also a very memorable song, but very it offers catchy. something quite different to Rainbow in the Dark. Holy Diver okay, is like Nokia ringtone grade. When you had when you had to t- when you had to type yeah. in you had to manually type it in your thirty two. You can get that riff out of an album. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Holy Divers right up there with like you know Pampa Roach's Last Resort and uh, CKY's ninety six Quite Bitter Beings. It's yeah. like people are gonna type this in. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. You grew up in the nineties. Big riffs, man. big riffs, totally. totally. Um, right then, let's finish off our further listing. So I picked as my second 
choice, uh, another Dio fronted band. It is Heaven and Hell's The Devil You Know, which was the last thing he recorded before his uh, passing, unfortunately. But it is an amazing swan song. Uh, it is basically the uh, Dio era Sabbath lineup reforming under a different name <laughs> because uh, Sabbath had become a, you know, a, a working uh, band again with Ozzy as their frontman. Um, so, yeah, it made sense to differentiate the two. But it is basically Sabbath in all but name. It is a thunderous, extremely doomy, riff-heavy record that I would highly recommend. Uh, some absolute bangers across it, and Iomi is on firing on all cylinders. Well, I was going to uh, ask who it actually is. It actually is. Oh yeah, it is. It's uh, Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's it's the lineup of Heaven and Hell, <laughs> the album, uh, but as a new band. Um, so yeah, it's it's incredible. It's an amazing record. I would highly recommend. Um, I would say Dio's lyricism on that record is in his strongest. Uh, it fe- definitely sounds like he wrote all those songs in the studio <laughs> very quickly. But uh, his performance on uh, vocally is still incredible. Uh, Bible Black is an absolutely outstanding track uh, that really showcases how his uh, range and at such a, you know, at that age as well, he shouldn't really be performing that well. <laughs> he kept his voice... Uh, incredibly looked after and yeah I would highly recommend you go and check out The Devil You Know it is an amazing swan song to an amazing career um, Alan your second pick so I was trying to think what is the I'm just, I'm just, I'm just adding an album to my Apple Music done okay I was trying to think <laughs> of what is what is a contemporary to this that I think captures that old school hard rock heavy metal song writing mm. and, and the best thing I could come up with the answer was Ghost that's They're, a fair point, yeah. Um, and I think Ghost are very much influenced by a lot of those hard rock bands. Again, they have really talented musicians. They, yeah. the, the nameless ghouls who are usually yep. suing um, Tobias Forge for <laughs> you know, royalties. Um, yeah. But uh, so the Ghost album I've picked is uh, Meliora, which I think is probably their best. Um, mm-hmm. Very catchy. Got a bit of like synth and an organ in yep, there. Yep. Um, just a just a good time. And um, look, you know. Papa Emeritus is nowhere near as good a singer as Dio, but who is? Um, but I think, <laughs> yeah. but I think that I think that captures the metal theatrics, the mm. Satan baiting, um, yep, yep. you know, the, the satanic pope imagery and stuff. Yep, I, I think it's probably a a good continuation of that kind of style of classic heavy metal. And that's Ghost a really did, solid choice. Yeah, and and Ghost have um, like their latest album. I really enjoy, but it's very different. They're getting into like stadium rock territory. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they, they get more their, their trajectory more... as a band has been nothing but getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, um, yeah. I and, I got, and, I, and I liked it in the um, you know the uh, Elder Council of the Brothers. All really enjoyed it as well. Um, mm. I think I think Meliora was probably the best balance between still being a metal record. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think I've got the I think I saw them in the Meliora tour. It was very good, very good. Mm. Good stuff. Fun, good fun stuff. live performance. So that's my other recommendation. That's a really solid pick. Thank you very much for yeah, bringing something a little bit more modern, and that isn't just you know Dio fronted band. Have you have I'm... you heard of Dio? <laughs> what about the Tenacious yeah. D song Dio? Uh, well, he, do, that, he was... actually does. He does appear in the Pick of Destiny. His he does. He, he does. He appears in the the was it Kickapoo the first track. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, a really a, great little performance. Actually, <laughs> it is. It is. Um, yeah, I think I think that was one of the yeah. Aside from Holy Diver, I was like, oh yeah, Dio. He's rocked for a I long think... time, and that's by the time to pass the torch. <laughs> I think that that like willingness to poke fun at himself is is quite endearing about him as well. I really like that about him. 
um, is just aware of, you know, oh, you know, I guess I am a bit of a silly person, but hey, let's play it up. <laughs> um, I, um, good man. I looked, I looked up the devil you know on um, the, the Sputnik music review. Someone described okay. Ronnie James Dio as somewhat of an Italian Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> 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 That's an amazing comparison. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Well, we've come to the close of another cast iron. Thank you very much for joining me as always, Alan. That was a great time. I very much enjoyed talking about a bit of 80s hard rock classic that is Dio's Holy Diver. Uh, if you are um, keen to support us, please do. Uh, please rate and review us on Apple Music. It helps us expose us to more people and gets the word out and very much uh, we would like to reach more people. So that, thank you very much for your support as always. Uh, everything you need, castironshow.co.uk is the home base. There's additional um, material there. Been um, uh, publishing uh, my appearances on various other podcasts and also my, my solo <laughs> music material as well there so if you want to see what we're up to uh, check out the blog as well um, but our entire back catalog is there lovely display lovely layout and uh yeah just uh, <laughs> it usually works yeah i think the website works, works now yeah, yeah but despite um, my attempts to break it <laughs> but yeah if you do want to um keep in touch that's the place to be we're also on instagram and twitter and facebook cast iron show is where you need to go if you want to catch up with us directly um, but yeah, thank you very much for tuning in as always. Um, Alan, I had a great time talking about Dio with you. Uh, I hope you have a lovely evening. Uh, newly, uh, <laughs> anointed, yeah, yeah anointed New Auss Aussie. Newly, so, yeah. newly sworn in, sworn in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, thank you very much for tuning in as always, and we will catch you all next time. Take care. Take care. It's been a pleasure. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.